Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief on this beautiful August morning in 2022. Here we are in the Let It Fly Media Studios, joined by Miss Jackie Wise of Emprise Bank. And it is a great day because I'm sitting next to one of my best buddies, Matt mm. Basinger of Swellspark. Hi, Matt. I love the eye contact as you said that too. Hey, buddy. Yes, all hey. the listeners can see the eye contact. Yes. Our guest for this episode is Ryan Martin. Ryan is the CFO of CFM Distributors, which mm -hmm. could be a little confusing CFO, CFM. Mm -hmm. yeah. But before the show, Ryan talked about that in an alternative world, he's a fighter pilot. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. And yeah, in the spirit of uh, you know being whatever you want today, it's uh, you know, as good a choice as any. So thank you for having me. I appreciate yep. it. Yeah. So did you film with Tom Cruise as the stunt double or... He does most of his own stunts. Fantastic. So yeah. Just yeah. the really dangerous ones. Yeah, just the really dangerous yeah. ones. Yeah. The yeah. Well, hey Ryan, we want to get into your personal background here shortly, but before mm -hmm. we get to that, tell me what is CFM? Yeah. What does your company do? And then let's talk about what you do. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm the chief financial officer for CFM distributors. We are a HVAC distributor, um, been around for over 50 years in the West Bottoms area. Uh, we have six locations total throughout uh, four states in the Midwest, mainly dealing in York uh, equipment. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of fun because we consider ourselves a, a value-added distributor. So we're we want to be more than just you know dealers around Kansas City and elsewhere in the in our footprint come to pick up equipment. You know, we want to be their go-to for service training. We've got a, a world-class training room. Uh, in our facilities. And then, uh, honestly, I buried the lead. The most exciting thing about our business is the building we do it out of. It's 115-year-old broker's building uh, down in the West Bottom. So it's kind of one of the most Northeast buildings. And uh, it's just, it, it's so cool to walk in and feel the history every day. You know, we're probably the only HVAC distributor that has marble slabs on the walls <laughs> and like marble steps and like, you know, wrought iron railings. And so that's really cool. Um, you know, I'm not going to say there's not challenges in a 115 year old building with eight stories and a forklift on every level. But that being said, it's, uh, it's just a lot of fun to kind of, kind of get to work out of that environment every day. So, right. yeah. Well, let's, let's take a step back, uh, from CFM because we, we know that you have a little bit of a non-traditional, uh, pathway into where you have arrived. And so for our younger listeners who are always wondering, what do I want to be when I grow up? How'd you get here? So this is where it gets exciting. And I, I, I feel like how I got to this actual podcast today was just by car. Yeah. Well, yeah, car. <laughs> Um, no, no. Well, and technically uh, legs. No, yeah. he flew here. He flew yeah, here as a fighter true. pilot. Yeah. And ejected. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's honestly, I tell people, I just kept my legs moving, you know, kind of like a running back or an offensive lineman, like just keep the legs moving, keep moving forward. Um, I spent the first 25 years of my life literally wanting to be an artist and musician. I went to art school. I was a painting major. Um, you know, I was full right brain, uh, played in bands, you know, in the early 2000s. Um, Which bands? So the main one was Ike Turner Overdrive. 99% um, of people, when I say that, are like, okay, great. 1% of people are like, oh my gosh, you know, I saw you get crazy at the bottleneck in 2001 and all that stuff. So that's kind of fun. Um, and you never quite know who those people are going to be. Sometimes it's people you wouldn't expect. But uh, yeah, so it was, it was fun. So I spent kind of, you know, the first 
big chunk of my life really just thinking that was my future. And then I kind of looked around, realized, A, it's really hard for me to be creative on demand and like make a career out of it. And then B, like, what is the second half of my story going to look like? And I might be the only person in Kansas City or the world potentially that was like, I'm in art school, I'm a musician, let's become a CPA. You know, like, I, I don't honestly even know how it happened. Um, I got a job moving boxes for a CPA firm and thumbing through the boxes. This kind of looks interesting. Went to Rockhurst University. So you uh, really got inspired to do this by going through classified information. Absolutely you, okay, correct. Great. Yeah. Just making sure we're clear. Yeah, here. I was <laughs> an employee of the firm, so I, I, I can say I did it with, uh, you know, full approval. But but yeah, like just going through tax trends and being like, this is super cool. You know, just how they put different things together. Uh, and yeah, I ended up going to Rockhurst University, becoming a CPA and uh, spent about 10 years in, in public practice. Uh, one thing I would say to young people listening and earlier in the career is, is, you know, make sure that you are always building for the future and just building a skill set because you never know when it's going to be needed. And honestly, you never know what the future is going to look like. So for me, I ended up being with a small firm here locally um, out of Overland Park. And it was like, you know, as a CPA, especially with the bigger firms, your tax or your audit, or you're just very siloed. I mean, you do one thing for two years and that's it. And you don't really get a lot of broad skill set or broad view of the world. And so for me, I just was like, give me everything. Like my answer was yes. Like, what do you want me to do? Yes. Like I was mainly tax at first. I ended up uh, getting a lot of questions. Hey, we're short staffed on an audit because we were a small firm. Can you go to, you know, Salina, Kansas for two weeks and just do whatever there. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, let's, let's knock it out. Can you sleep in a, literally a college dorm over the summer? Because, you know, we're a small firm who deals with a lot of not-for-profits and we're frugal. And, and I'd be like, yeah, sure. No problem. You know, lumpy college dorm mattress. Sure. You know, I'm a CPA, no big deal. And, uh, yeah, so I just started taking on every skill set. Uh, my art background, I was designing logos and pamphlets for the firm and like just all that kind of cool stuff that uh, honestly did not get me anywhere close to where I wanted to be at the time, but I was just building momentum and skill set and, and all that. Um, the result of that, I'll say, and this is where my wife comes in the story and, and was amazing is. Uh, I was just like working myself ragged, like mm. typical CPA, like, you know, up to a hundred hours a week during tax season and then tax season would be over and I'd start killing myself in audits and, and all that. And, you know, the typical things that right or wrong people have to do, or at least think they have to do to get ahead earlier in the career, you know, and after close to a decade in public practice, my wife sat me down and it was, uh, it was almost like an intervention type of situation where you walk into a room and you're like, what's, you know, what's grandma doing here and that type of thing. And it was just like, you know, we know you're not happy. Like, you know, we know you're killing yourself, you know, and uh, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And so I really credit my wife, Katie, a lot for. Uh, Thank you, Katie. Yeah. Yeah. She's fantastic. I'm extremely blessed. And uh, yeah, so just kind of stepped back and really just took a look at what do I want to do next? You know, what's the next part of my life look like? 
And that's where I feel like I just was in the right place at the right time over multiple years and got cool opportunities, went to, uh, you know, got to be the controller for Glenn Devins, which is now Tain, and a uh, local advertising agency. And it was an amazing experience, you know, going 2018, kind of getting to run Point as a, you know, kind of a pseudo interim CFO and, uh, you know, had a sell side private equity um, acquisition that year. And so kind of got to run point through all that. And it was amazing just seeing all the ins and outs, getting to walk into a room with people that, you know, just a few years ago, I would read about in the business journal and be like, oh, that's cool. And now I'm, you know, sitting in a room and they're pitching me stuff. I'm just like, okay. Um, so yeah, just right place, right time, kind of got to expand my own, you know, kind of my own reputation in the city. And then, uh, ultimately I've been with CFM distributors for closing in on two years now, and it's been amazing. So how did that connection occur? So you were a controller for another mm -hmm. firm out of the CPA world and yeah. then taking the step to the C-suite where mm -hmm. did that occur? So it was honestly just kind of an opportunity that came up to take my career to the next level. I really knew that I was a CFO at heart. I mean, my whole background. So, you know, for those that aren't as um, into kind of what each role means, I mean, controllers keep the finance team running, keep the books, keep everything kind of in the business going in the right direction. But as a CFO, it's like, especially with my left brain, right brain, right brain background, it's like, man, like I, I really want to think outside the box, figure out how to take a company to the next level. I got an opportunity with CFM. Um, and I actually came in as the controller with no CFO. They've never had a CFO. And it was like, here's a company who's, you know, a extremely successful, steady company for many years, um, had definitely not had a huge growth pattern of late, but just like doing things super steady and well. And like, and I'm coming in, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like here's, and it's an employee owned business, which I have, especially in the last two years, become just a massive advocate for. And it's like, here's an opportunity. And I came right in the door and said, by the way, I'm going to be the CFO, FYI. Um, <laughs> and luckily, I think I probably startled them a little bit at first, but luckily now a couple years later, it's come to fruition. Um, but yeah, just coming in to a amazing company that I feel like I can help take to the next level now. And uh, yeah, I mean, our goal is to go from, you know, 50 to 60 million to a hundred million dollar company, which is, you know, that's something that's just so much fun to be a part of. You probably need a yeah. bank loan from Emprise to get there. Yeah, you never know. I guess I have a contact now, so that's exciting. Yeah. So, and let's let's actually talk about that a little mm -hmm. bit more. You know, we throw that line out there pretty often, but you all store lots and lots of HVAC equipment. You are an incredibly asset-heavy company, mm -hmm. especially, um, yeah. especially now. Yeah. You know, my understanding from conversation, you know, Lauren has has destroyed me in golf and I have sure. conversations with Ben and um, you all have, I think a fair amount of stock as well right now. And so the pandemic and supply chains, mm -hmm. you kind of said, Hey, let's get stuff. Yeah. Um, but in going from 50 to a hundred, like yeah. how, how are you going to do that? Yeah. So honestly, it's just figuring out ways that we can prove our value add. And I guess I'll address those two things separately real quick. So the the COVID supply chain issues were just insane. It mm -hmm. was like, 
you couldn't get stuff, but were then, or are they are, but they're getting better. I'll okay. say, um, but yeah, we got into an opportunity and we have amazing leadership within the company. I'm very grateful to be a part of, and we got the opportunity to essentially stock up on a bunch of, of things that we knew we would need. And, uh, I mean, we're literally carrying double our inventory year over year. I mean, we've got a brand new 50,000 square foot. We're in August of 2022 for all the listeners. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we've just the last few months moved into a, uh, long-term lease with a 50,000 square foot, uh, space at the caves. And yeah, we've just, we've had to make sure that we have what people need. We can leverage it to get new business. We can leverage it to take really good care of our longtime customers, which is amazing. Um, and really just be there for everybody, you know, throughout this kind of weird time in human history. Now we're on the hopefully back end of it where we're trying to strategically, you know, lower that inventory level. And we're trying to figure out right now what feels right. You know, do we go back to pre-pandemic era, you know, not just in time, but more of a, you know, we knew that we could get a two or three week lead time on stuff if we needed it. I mean, right now we're 20, 30, 40 week lead times. And (laughs) sometimes the lead time is just a question mark. So you know, that's kind of what we're dealing with is how do we navigate that in this world? Um, Some of Andy's product is a 350 week lead time. Oh, I believe it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The yes. full. Yeah, actually, it's very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm a jerk. Ma- Matt drinks a lot of bar whiskey. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with them, by the way. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a good time. Yep. Uh, but yeah. So then going from you know, 50 to a hundred million dollars as a company, it's obviously expanding existing relationships with our great customers and dealers. But then it's also, how do we show the value that we add as a distributor? You know, we've got the training and service and, and all that, that most distributors just don't have and can't touch. How do we create efficiencies for customers and become that trusted partner? I mean, we really want to be the partner that, customers and dealers can come to and say, how do I make my business grow? Like there is no better feeling than having a customer that has three or four employees. And then, you know, a couple of years later, because of, you know, our partnership and our willingness to kind of get our hands dirty and, and help them figure out how to be more efficient. Now they've got 15 employees. When you're referencing a customer, you're referencing HVAC contractors. Correct. Yeah. So I, I should be more clear. Yeah. So we're a wholesale distributor. So, basically the trucks that you see around town from many different, um, you know, contractors and dealers that come into your house and we do residential and commercial. And Mm. yeah, so those are, if you see a billboard or an HVAC contractor truck, you know, there's a chance that they're holding our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If I can, and a little bit of a strange tangent, but, um, you know, you go from 20 years ago playing at the bottleneck in Lawrence, Kansas, to seeing some tax return boxes, you know, to being the CFO of a, you know, hopefully soon to be hundred million dollar company. But as I sit across me today, like you're wearing Chuck Taylors and you're rocking shorts and uh, like you're you. And what I mean to say that is I think there's this perception sometimes that in order to go corporate, you have to like put on the suit and tie and sell out. Um, and so maybe even just talk about your company culture of how you found a place where that doesn't have to be so. I also just want to say you're our second person in two months that started as a CPA 
and arrived eventually at a C-suite of a good-sized corporation. And so it's it's a pretty interesting route that, you know, the safest way to get into a C-suite is potentially be a CPA to start with, learn the background. It absolutely is. Um, I do tell people, especially people that have already either got an MBA or are kind of thinking about where to go after college and they want to eventually be a C-suite, CPA is great if you plan on doing you know, a handful of years in public practice and kind of getting that experience. Um, but I've talked to people that are like, should I get my CPA just to be in private and kind of go from there? And I think MBA is just as effective there. Um, but yeah, I mean, first of all, I'd say some of our longer tenured employees might not love that I'm sitting here wearing shorts and check tailors, but, um, <laughs> but that's one of the great things about CFM in general and just the way the world is going. You can be an individual, you can kind of, you know, you can do your own thing. And I'm not going to lie. Like if I have a meeting, you know, I've got a tie and, and for the a occasion. suit. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, Evolve or die. Yeah. And yeah, you know, with, with you gentlemen well. here, you know, I'm in Chuck Taylor's and shorts. And Warren so. tuxedos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, should make me feel awkward, but it doesn't. So, yep. you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's fun to just, be the company culture and evolve it. And company culture is so much more than just things like dress. It's, it's mentality. It's, it's the team. I mean, one of my, um, in my entire career, one of the greatest things that has ever happened to me that I've heard was, uh, I heard someone recently and they had a lot of job offers as a lot of really good candidates do now. And, you know, a couple of weeks after he started, we're talking and it was like, I wanted to work here, to work with you, you know, and that was like one of the greatest things that I've ever heard and made me feel so fulfilled that I'm, you know, going down the right path in life and my career and all that. And, uh, it's, um, it's just so great to kind of be able to impact the culture. And, and that's what I always tell my team. If there's something we don't like, we are the culture, we change it, sure. you know, like we're really lucky, especially with Lauren's leadership and others in the company um, to have the ability to make CFM the company that we want to work for, you know, the company that, you know, one of my dreams is to get into the best places to work lists and all that. And I'm really excited to kind of help lead the, the next step into that. Well, one, one of the folks you work with did just text me and say that, uh, internally you are actually the chief fancy pants officer is how okay. they refer to you. Um, so, and I'm, you know, nope, I'm not even going to give you yeah, a you chance don't get a to respond uh, no, I don't just care. Stated I'm, as I'm more than happy to take that on. No, um, he is wrong. Technically, it's just chief fancy officer. Got it. Um, so the pants thing is way out of line. I don't appreciate that. But yeah, chief fancy officer, which I, you know, I love it. I, I, I take it with pride. Well, now you know what they call you behind your back. Yes. Oh, they, no, it's in front of me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Chief fancy officer oh, is in yeah. front of you. Chief fancy pants officer That's is behind fair. you. Now, now we know. All right. Well, um, I guess I have to talk to my team when I get back to practice. So, yeah. Well, Ryan, we let me be brief. We got to start wrapping up. So, uh, business aside, uh, my final question for you is simply: What's the coolest thing that you have ever done? So, I mean, there's a lot to choose from. Um, honestly, it's probably I got to play with my band, um, the KJH KJHK Farmers Ball, two years in a row back in the early 2000s, and it was being able to just be in that environment, live in that moment. I still go back to it in my head constantly. And, you know, the, the 
you know, five minutes a year where I think, you know, wouldn't it be cool to start a band and do that again? Um, but yeah, being able to be there in that moment with that energy and that, you know, there's just nothing else like it in the world. So it's, um, I'd say that's probably the coolest thing I've ever done. And, um, unless you want like the normal answers of parasailing or all that stuff. Nope. I like that one. I like that one. So, but those would have been good examples Mm -hmm. too. Yes. Um, well, Hey, on behalf of Emprise Bank, Let It Fly Media, Jay Rigger and Co. Distillery, Swell Spark. So grateful for, uh, your time today. Um, really encouraged by what you're doing here in Kansas city and, uh, hope you guys continued growth and success, uh, here in the West bottoms with your marble pillars mm-hmm. and your fancy HVAC machine. So thanks for joining the I show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Really and thanks for it. drinking Rieger whiskey. Love it. 